Hey everybody, welcome to episode 46 of the District 3 podcast. Uh, today we have uh, two members of the community who are here with me. I've known them for a while. I know one of them for quite a long time. Um, we have Eduardo Sierra and Angel Machuca, and you are both here with what company? Uh, we're here with McMullen Realty. Okay, McMullen Realty. Where is that uh, located at? We're located in Bentonville. We're, we're about to open a office in Rogers right off of... Uh, where you know the Coca-Cola building? Okay. So right there in that building. Okay. Where Krabby's is. So I've known Angel probably for one or two years maybe. Two years. Because of Eduardo. Right. I've known Eduardo since he was like 10. Around there. Uh, yeah. We used to fight all the time and uh, <laughs> and uh, play soccer. And uh, we've known him for quite, we've known his family for quite a long time. And uh, but Angel, how did how did you get here to Arkansas? Were you born here or where, where did you come from? Man? I was not born in Arkansas. I actually came here from um, California, from L.A. Okay. About 13 years ago now. Okay. Yeah. 13 years. Is there a reason why you moved over here to Arkansas? Um, actually, yeah. Um, so what happened was uh, my brother-in-law moved out here. And then eventually my mom followed. And then for about a year, both my sister and my mom kept nagging mm. me. about like, dude, why are you paying so much money and just rent? You, when you can own a house out here for half of what you're paying, why not just move out here? And then eventually one day I just got tired of it. I picked up my stuff and I got here. So I moved here sight unseen. And that's like a, that's a reoccurring theme that we talk about in this podcast a lot is a family member being over here first in Arkansas mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know, come over here. Things are good over here. There's jobs over here. There's more opportunities. And I feel like a lot of us have had that experience. My family did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Eduardo's family might have done the same thing too, right? Y'all came from California as well. Yeah, same thing from L.A. And so my uncle, one of my uncles came here first and they're the ones that convinced my parents to come over here and we did and. I mean, it's it's honestly a blessing now that we we got to do that. So, you know. So we've known. Uh, I've known personally Eduardo's family for a while. Eduardo was the best man at my wedding, um, and I've known his mom and his dad and his brother. Uh, they're really good people. Uh, they also currently own Flapjacks in yep. Springdale. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know I remember. Back in the day, uh, your dad having multiple jobs, you know, and, and him uh, being a cook there at Flapjacks, and now he owns the place, and that's, that's really, really cool. Hey, man, it, it's something that, you know, even Angel has, has told me. It's like, dude, that's like the American dream. That is. Um, and I'm very proud of my parents. I'm very, I'm very proud of what they've done. And when you really are young, you don't really look at the – you don't really see the struggles that they go through because obviously you're in an age where you don't understand a lot of things. But now that I've grown older, you know, and like you said, my dad and, and my mom worked pretty much – uh, all day, every day. You know, my dad worked from Monday to Sunday. My mom sacrificed. Basically, uh, they they sacrificed a little bit of their marriage so that they can split up their shifts so that somebody's always at home with us, you know? Mm. And you see that a lot with, with people that are trying to progress in this country. And my dad worked at Cintas for yeah. about, I think it was like 13 years. Mm. Uh, my mom worked at Superior Linen. And mm. they're basically the same thing. They wash uh, clothes. They wash... Uh, it's like a laundry mat type of thing for commercial okay. um, stuff. But yeah, so one of the jobs, one of the side jobs on the weekends was, you know, my dad got a job at Flapjacks. And so he started there as soon as he moved here from L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started there as a line cook. And, you know, recently the opportunity came up where the owners were retiring. 
And they've always known that my dad had the dream to own a restaurant. Mm. Uh, my dad always commented about, hey, you know, one day I want to own a restaurant. And they gave him the first option, you know, uh, you know, hey, we're retiring. Do you think you would be able to qualify for, for a loan to buy this from us? Um, that's where I came in, you know, uh, everything plays out the way it does. And we, we actually did have the opportunity to get the loan. We bought it from them. It's going on to two years now. Okay. Um, it, it, I think in November, in November, it will be two years this year oh. where we bought it. Um, and that business has been there for a while now. Do you know how long there, it's been there for? It's been there. I believe it's been there for um, a little bit over 15 years or around there because before then it was the old Denny's. Um, it used to be a Denny's. Ah, okay. Um, and so we came here in 2002. Okay. So pretty much, like I said, a little bit over 15 years. So I'm y'all literally sure. moved here and bought the house? Was um, it, was it yeah. 2000? Because it was 2002, right? Whenever they were building so those houses? We Yeah, we bought the house in 2003. So okay. literally a year after we moved, we rented at the um, at the Lindsay Apartments. Okay. Uh, over there on like West... Um, West End or... Okay. In Sprino? Yeah, those apartments. Um, And a year later, the opportunity came where, you know, back then real estate was a whole different market. I remember that whenever we we moved into that new house, it was in Topaz Circle. Right. Everybody knows that behind Bayari. Like, they were still building it. So, like, my family would go every week to go check on, like, to see what the progress was in the house, you know? And there was no houses there. Now, like... There's it's, so many houses. It's already a, that's an established neighborhood now, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the things is you know, uh, back then we did the same thing. You know, I remember our apartments were so close, and we used to go there pretty pretty much every weekend just to mm-hmm. see how the whole progress was. But like I was saying, is the the real estate process back then was a whole lot different. You know, people that were undocumented could get mm-hmm. a loan. You know, people it, it almost looked like where if you had a heartbeat, you can get money from a bank. Because um, they could they could use the ITIN number, right? Is yes. that what it was? And they can't do that anymore? So they can. It's just a, it's a whole different process. It, it's a lot more money up front. Mm. But back then, the way banks were, were lending money where, you know, it didn't really matter what your income was. They just wanted to know how much you were were, were mm. wanting. At least that's what it looked like. Obviously, it wasn't yeah. exactly like that, but that's yeah. how it seemed to be, and that's why the whole economy back in oh seven oh eight it crashed because yeah. back then interest rates were not fixed. Interest rates were variable, which means that if something were to happen, the interest rate would just be based on what's currently going on. And then back then, interest rates went up. People lost their houses because yeah. payments were going up, but. Yeah, um, we bought the house in two thousand three, and they're still living there now. I mean, yeah. the house is paid off, and it's like I said, it's really a blessing in disguise. Everything that has happened to them because they worked so hard at minimum wage. My mom was working at Superior Linen for uh, probably maybe fifteen years, and she was barely making eight seventy five. You know, mm. and they knew that there's a lot of undocumented workers there, so that yeah. they weren't. They're not gonna give them a raise. Um, they fought it, but you know they they just couldn't get it. So to see them where they are today, it does make me proud, and they're definitely living a lifestyle now that uh, I look back and I see, you know, wow, they did that, you know, and I'm and I'm proud of them. Yeah, and they're such they're such hard workers, and I think that work ethic definitely rubbed off on you. Um, going back to Flapjacks, uh, what are some of the differences that uh, that the restaurant now has from when its prior owner? What are some of the changes that y'all have made? So one of the things is one of the things that we have done is we're implementing a little bit more of the Hispanic culture in there. Um, 
right now, obviously because of COVID-19, we had to shut down. We've been shut down for about a month and a half. We just recently opened um, and we still have not opened the buffets, but we are we're known for the breakfast buffet. There's not yeah. really many places right now that have to have the breakfast buffets, but we also do on weekends the pozole. Uh, pozole and my which mom, is delicious yeah. I had it <laughs> <laughs> my mom does uh, enchiladas we we implement a couple of Hispanic uh, foods in there in the buffet sometimes it's, it's something just kind of like spontaneous it's like we don't really know we're trying things out right now because we again we just are less than two years we want to know what works what doesn't and so we're just slowly but surely trying to implement right now with COVID-19 because it's only many order uh, we're doing omelets with chorizo, you know, mm. and so we're trying to figure out what we want to do. But pozole is really something that has hit uh, with the Hispanic clients. We're seeing that more Hispanic clients are going because of it. And really, that's the biggest thing right now is that we're doing pozole on the weekends. And for those that don't know, Flapjacks is like right in front of Walgreens on Thompson. It's Springdale. It's Thompson, Thompson, right? Yep. Thompson mm-hmm. or 71 Highway. I mean, it's pretty much right there. It's it's right next to Aldi's. Yeah, same location it's been for many, many years now. So please go check that out. Um, like I said, Eduardo's parents, I've personally known that they are very good cooks. So I know that they the food is going to be good. The pozole is going to be good. So definitely go check that out. Um, going back to, to real estate, um, for those most of our listeners, the majority of our listeners are people within the age of like 19 to 28. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest uh, listenership that we have. Um, so a lot of these folks are probably in the early stages of possibly contemplating getting a house. Right. Um, and I know you've explained to me about the process. You know, it, it, there are a lot of phases within that process for you to be able to to purchase a home. Can you all talk a little bit about that? Of of just you don't have to go in all the detail because that <laughs> might take like longer than an hour. But right. but just talk a little bit about what. Um, uh, you know what, a person that might want to purchase their first house, what they might have to go through well, in that process. I, if anything, I would say that the main thing is that everyone always asks the same question. When is it a perfect time to buy a house? Hmm. The perfect time for you is going to be different than it is for him or it is for me. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has their perfect time. Everyone's ready at a certain time. It's not going to be the same across the board. Everyone's circumstances are different which is the main reason why you can't say, hey, you know, now is the perfect time to buy. Yes, mm-hmm. it is for the majority, but what about the rest? It's, yeah. it's not necessarily the same. So you got to look at your circumstances. You got to look at the situation altogether um, <clears throat> in order to figure out, okay, am I ready to go now? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, and Eduardo can second me on this, is that we've turned clients away that are not either ready to buy or ready to sell. Because when we sit down and we discuss, you know, their different scenarios, we're like, you know what, you're not ready. We and not only are you not ready, but we don't feel comfortable trying to get you into something because then at that point we're yes. talking about trying to get you in, into what we. One of the the things that that we say is that we don't want you to be house poor. We don't want you to just continue working day in and day out just to make your make your mortgage payment. Mm. That's not what this is supposed to be about. You're supposed to be able to enjoy your house. You're supposed to be able to be be comfortable in your house. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be house poor, we're not going to be your agents. We can't unless you're willing to listen to our advice and, and let us walk you through it to where we can get you to where you can actually enjoy being at home rather than having to be at work all day, every day to make sure you have enough money to make that mortgage payment. Mm. Would you second that? 
No, I definitely agree with you. And that's one of the things that, you know, you like you said, you've known you for a long time, Irvin. And one of the things that I really, truly believe is, you know, do do things the right way. You know, at the end of the day, yes, we, Angel and I are both in sales, but uh, we're not salesmen. You know, even though we're realtors, a lot of people think that, you know, we sell houses and that's not the case. Uh, when you really get to interview us, you know, because obviously right now in the in the market that we're in everyone knows more than one realtor it feels like everybody's getting into this business because they see how successful we're being Mm -hmm. and they think it's easy and technically right now with the market being the way it is yeah anyone can sell a house and that's what's dangerous to the public you know Mm -hmm. it's dangerous because it makes them feel comfortable with them selling somebody one of the biggest transactions that someone's going to do and because it's so easy to sell a house right now because as long as you have a heartbeat as long as you took your class and got a license you can technically sell a house but when you really break it down just like angel said one of the biggest things that we do is a buyer consultation before any uh house is shown we don't show houses to people that we haven't talked to first we want to make sure they're understanding of the whole process and one of the things that angel brought up is we don't want you to be house poor. You know, even though technically you are pre-qualified and yes, you talk to the bank and you're ready to go, it might not be the right time for you to buy because mm-hmm. you might give up all your savings and we don't want you to end up uh, spending all your money just to buy a house that you can barely afford. You know, that's not the position where you want to put yourself in because what's going to happen, uh, just for example, right now, covid a lot of people with their jobs, they lost their jobs, they got furloughed. Um, what if that was that person that said, okay, you know, as long as I keep working the way I am, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They lost their job. So what's going to happen? Now they're going to be uh, struggling to make those payments. Well, we don't want you to be house poor. We don't want to put you in a situa- situation where later you're going to end up losing your house just because we wanted to make a sale. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we're about. We want to make sure that you buy the house that you like and that you feel comfortable with the payments so that this is a blessing. Angel and I are a, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of El Machete, Andres Gutierrez. It's kind of the similar financial talk about Dave Ramsey. Uh, I've only heard of El Machete, Danny Trejo, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but El Machete. El Machete para tu billete. Para tu billete. Yeah, He's okay. a uh, financial uh, advisor, advisor, you know, and so it, it kind of goes with the same step. For the people that know who Dave Ramsey is, it goes through the same baby steps. It goes on the process how how you're supposed to eliminate debt, and that way you can live the way that, you know, you can grow up, be financially stable, and then give back to your community, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so you said house poor. I had not heard that term before. Mm-hmm. So the, the term house poor is where, for example, we always recommend that we that you don't buy more house than what you can afford. Because when you go to the bank, they're going to give you your max, you know, your max per Uh For example, let's say you're making $4,000 a month, right? And your payment's going to be $2,000 a month or $1,500 a month. Well, that's going to take up a large portion of your income. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still have to pay bills. We still have to pay cars. We still have to do a lot of things. And so if your house payment is taking too much of your income, your monthly income, then that's considered house poor. You know, we mm-hmm. always try to keep that ratio at 25%. So if you're making, you know, 4000 we want to make sure that it stays at 25% of what 4000 is. That way, in case anything does happen, that it doesn't really disturb how you're living, you know, mm. you can still afford to pay your, your monthly income, your monthly, uh, 
mortgage yeah and stuff like that you can still maintain your lifestyle your lifestyle exactly mm -hmm. yeah. you don't have to sacrifice a lot of things and right so. now he just touched base on mostly uh buyers nonetheless but as far as sellers we've turned away sellers i can give you one that i recall right now that we're talking and uh <clears throat> this one in particular it's it's it just it sticks out just simply because of how it all played out they reached out, sat down, we talked to them, whatever the case may be, and explained the whole process, right? So, the entire time we're sitting there, we're talking, and um, all they're saying is that I want to sell our house because my daughter and her husband, you know, they have a family already, and they're pregnant again, and they want to get a, we, we need a bigger place, we just don't all fit here. Mm -hmm. And as you know, with Hispanics, we try to fit in as many as we can, and for as long as we can. We do that in right? cars too. Yeah. <laughs> so we do that as much as we can. Nonetheless. So <clears throat> with that being said. Cuando nos sentamos y platicamos. I'm like. I, as I'm talking to the owners of the house. In this case the parents. Mm -hmm. like, en ningún momento. Los he oído. Decirme. What the two of you are looking for. Mm -hmm. You've told me what you want to do for your kids. Yeah. But I haven't heard you say one time. What are you trying to do for yourselves? Mm. The minute I said that, they're like, jaws just dropped. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, look, your daughter's already married. She already has a, she already has a family. Eventually, she, grow, she outgrows her family. She's going to need a bigger place. Yeah. So what's going to happen to you? You're going to sell your house. You want to get a bigger house. You're going to get into a bigger payment. They're going to pick up. They're going to leave. What are you going to do then? Mm. They were like, oh. I'm like, look, it doesn't, it, it has no bearing on us. We can go ahead and put a sign out in the front yard and sell your house. That's not a problem. But I don't think I'll be able to sleep at night. Mm. So that's one of the things that I like about Angel is, you know, we, you know, he, he obviously is older than me, you know. Damn, and, hey, and, really? and I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to be rude, but I'm saying that because he has a lot more experience in life than what I have, you know. And one of the things is he. About, way to way to fix that. <laughs> he he, uh, he has a lot of perspectives that I've never been through, but he sees he 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 sees situations a lot different than I do, and I've learned to really see things the way he does and understand them and, and vice versa. I, I bet he's learned a lot of things from me as well. Um, but one of the things... One of the, <laughs> We're flexed, bro. <laughs> one of the things is, same thing with that situation, is with buyers. A lot of people, obviously, if they're younger, you know, within that 20, you know, 20 to 30 year range and they're starting a family, they have their kids in school. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I need my, my, my son or my daughter to go to this school. Mm -hmm. They make it sound like they need to make this big financial decision based on the school that their child is currently going to, yeah. even though their child is about to leave that school in a couple of years. Mm. You know, they're about to, they're willing to get into a commitment and a 30 year commitment only because their child is about to spend the next two years in a specific school. Mm. And that's one of the things that we we make them understand is like you know your child is gonna grow out of that school you know mm -hmm. you don't really need to make that big financial decision on just because <coughs> you want to keep your child in that school district um there's here in arkansas compared nationwide our schools are great you know now yeah you can be a little bit nitpicky and say okay well this school district is better than this one but in general the schools are are pretty good here yeah um and that's pretty much, like I said, what, what he was touching base on is we make people look at the long term, not just what's happening in their life right now. 
So you say that um, the angel, you've learned from angel, and, and angel, you probably learned from Eduardo too, and vice versa. No, not really. Not really? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what intrigued you all to just want to become partners in this, uh, I guess, realtor life? Because y'all are pretty much partners. Yeah. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And what, yeah. how did y'all start partnering up? So, it, it's fun. Like, you know, it's one of those things just life plays out the way it's supposed to, I guess. You know, you just don't know. Now, mind you, so when I came here 13 years ago, the objective was that I was going to get into real estate. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I ended up getting right back into the line of work that I was in before. Mm -hmm. I came here from California. And... It was an easy gig. I, I enjoyed what I did. Um, <clears throat> so I did that for actually 15 years. And it was, it, I did it for so long that it was just second nature. You know, it's just like yeah. breathing. It's not that hard when the, the job that I did. So eventually when it came down, what, it came, what happened was um, the, fam uh, the family, the uh, company got bought out and they relocated to Utah. So when they relocated, They give us an option. It's like, hey, you, you want to come with? You know, we'll go ahead and take care of you. Uh, I said, no, I'm not willing to uproot my family because we, we're here. You know, at this point, you guys, yeah. I guess we can say we, we, we're, um, we're from Arkansas, we, yeah. you know. So we're here now. So I'm not going to uproot my family and just pick up and go just because of a job. Mm -hmm. No, because the minute you really let me go, you're going to let me go. And when am I going to do that? Yeah. So nonetheless... <clears throat> Spoke to the wife, kind of tried to, you know, got a feel for things and figure it out. And then um, my son actually happened to run into Eduardo at a tire shop because he was taking up a uh, summer gig. Okay. So he took up a summer gig. He saw he, uh, Eduardo pulled up, I guess he was going to work on his tires or whatever. And then he saw, I guess, uh, his uh, banner on the back of his car. And then he asked him for his card. I'm not sure if you remember. I used to drive the Maxima with my logo yeah. in there. Yeah, so the yellow, what, the yellow sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. So, I've seen it sometimes driving around. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, well, obviously, I switched firm, so I had to take all that off. But yeah, it's yeah. There. So with that being said, um, he asked him for his card. My son sent me a picture. He's like, "Hey, Dad, you've been talking about this for so long. Mm. Give this guy a call." I was like, "Okay." I left it, you know, at that. No big deal. So then, eventually, after that happened, obviously, like, as I mentioned a minute ago, um, family, uh, family, again, I keep saying family because I'm so used to it. So the company got bought out, they moved out. Um, I took literally about a year off, and then I took my test. Um, no, I took my test, I took a year off, then I reached out to Eduardo because I was like, no harm, no foul, you know? Yeah. I was like, let me reach out to him and find out what the deal is. We talked for a bit. Obviously, we're in the same. Uh, nonetheless, I talked to him for a bit, and that was it. And then eventually, a little bit throughout through the entire year that I was there. Well, yeah, no, two years now. Um, we would we kind of more or less, you know, started to link up. He would look for me. I look for him, and back and forth, and you know, just trying to, because for whatever reason, I I just it would it's just it's it's just one of those things to where it doesn't matter what you do. You kind of it. Yeah. It's, it's one it's of the things you can explain. Yeah, exactly. Energy brings yeah, you. like it just it, it keeps pulling you mm -hmm. back. You can explain it. You, it's just one of those things where like it just keeps yeah. coming back. Mm -hmm. So eventually, that's how it ended up going, and um, to the point to where I was like, "Look, dude, I'm like, I didn't feel the energy from anyone else other mm -hmm. than him." So I was like, 
at, at one point I was like, hey, do you want to like be my mentor? Because he already had a couple of years in the game. Yeah. I had just started. I'm like, do you want to? Yes or no? No. So it was one of those things where I almost got in one knee. I was like, do you want to be my mentor? <laughs> do you want to be my work wife? <laughs> And it's it's crazy because you know before then before that that actual that that proposal. <laughs> Did you say yes or did you say no? I mean, it took know, him a while. It's like not now. It took me a while, but it, it was something that you know it was something that I felt like hey we were working we were working together already, and it was something that I felt like okay like I got I got to know you a little bit based on how you are in the firm you know based on how you are when I talked to you and we worked a couple deals together. I told before, you know, when, when he said, Hey, you know, do you want to mentor me? I'm like, look, first of all, I'm only in this for, I've, I've only been in this industry for two years. That's when mm -hmm. it happened. Uh, I had a very successful career in those two years and you know, in, in, in the firm that I was in, um, I was at the beginning stages of my, my, of me getting my broker's license. I was a big, I was a broker. And so I was taking on new responsibilities. I was taking care of other agents. And that's one of the things I told them. I'm like, okay, you know, I want to, I want to, before I commit, I want to make sure that we work together. And as, as it happened, you know, we started getting clients and I was telling him, you know, this is what I think. He was telling me how he thought and the thought process was pretty similar. You know, we didn't want to screw anybody over. We don't want to screw anybody over. We, we understand that this is a big financial decision and we want to make sure that that financial decision is the right one. And so mm. that's how we ended up. Uh, what is it? It's going to be two years uh, later. May, no, three years, three wow. years later. Uh, we're, we're now Lighthouse Group and we're growing strong. And I know to you all it might be like just like a second nature, but there's a lot of folks that don't know nothing about the process of getting a house. Um, can you tell us what the first step is? Yeah. So regardless of what anybody says, the way we do things is, you know, we the traditional answer is to get get, get pre-qualified. Mm -hmm. But we've actually um, incorporated a buyer consultation. And that's the that's the first step. Whether you're pre-qualified, whether you're you're ready or not, we don't really care if you've been to the bank. We don't we don't care about that. What we want to make sure is that you understand what you're getting yourself into. And so we always set up a buyer consultation. This is a meeting between uh, you and Angel and I, and we sit down. We explain first of all what your motivation is. Why are you planning or why are you thinking that you're ready for a house? We also go into what's going on with the current market because it's very important whether you are a first-time buyer or an investor, what the current market is doing because that's going to depend on whether you want to move forward or not. After that, we go into the whole buying process. We explain the whole steps and what to expect, you know. Mm. And then, obviously, the benefits of working with us and one of the benefits uh, that we have is that we're both CNEs and that's a designation that you get in real estate. It's... Technically, what would you say, like another degree, like for example, in, mm -hmm. in school, um, CNE stands for Certified Negotiating Experts. And Angel, would you like to kind of go over what that, what that means for our clients? Yeah, so essentially what it comes down to is that um, it helps us understand and, and navigate all the uh, dealings with uh, real estate. Because... Eventually, what it comes down to is that we want to make sure that everyone's in the win-win. <clears throat> you as a seller, 
you don't want, you don't want to feel like you were duped mm-hmm. in, in the process, right? Yeah. So does the buyer. So what, we want to make sure that everyone feels that everyone got a good deal out of the, out of the whole thing. Now, it's not easy, especially in this market right now. For instance, I can give you an example that um, right now, given the fact that inventory is so low and we have so many buyers, it's really hard to get someone into a house right now. Mm. But if you know how to get through it and you know how to present your offer to make sure that it's, it's, uh, it's appealing to the seller, we're going to be on the up and up. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna be there. We're gonna be to where we can get you into that house. If you don't know the dealings, and you don't understand on how to nav- navigate through this whole transaction, it's gonna be that much more difficult. Mm. But because we have that CNE designation, it made it that much easier for us to be able to understand it, and un- and know how to make it a win win for everyone across the board. That's right. Everybody, especially in this, you know, like I said, we're in sales, and sales associates tend to have big egos. You know, oh, oh yeah. I, I sell, I sell the most, and my production is the highest, um, and that's one of the things when it comes down to is when a realtor starts bragging about how they are top producers or they're doing this. Sometimes that can affect the way that when you buy a house because sometimes they can be a little bit too aggressive, mm. and when they're negotiating and cost you the deal. It's that competition because yes. I feel like they they want they want that they want that their face in that graphic that the company puts out like every exactly. month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but if you think about it, uh, as a realtor, as uh, as a salesman, you know, as a bad tech that we get, but um, the more the more you sell it for, the more money you make. With us, no, we're not trying to sell it for as much as we can. We're trying to make sure that it's a solid sell, and we're going to try to make sure that, in fact, it's not going to affect mm-hmm. the buy or the seller or the buyer either way, whichever we're whichever side we're on. We're going to try to make sure that it's a solid transaction. That's right. we're, we're not trying to make we're not trying to make more money. We're trying to make sure that it's a solid transaction for either the buyer or the seller. Mm. Um. I, if I can give an example, one of those examples would be that the one that we just had on the market this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we uh, put a house on Friday on the market. Within two hours after we put it on the market, we get an offer. Mm. Later, a couple hours later, we get another offer. Well, nonetheless, long story short, where I'm going with this is this. Just with those two, those two first offers that we received that first day, there were two very different offers, two very different transactions. We had to advise our, 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 our sellers on what was actually a more, um, what was that word I'm looking for? I would say realistic and safer option. You know? Yeah, safer option, uh, yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. one of them just came over asking price. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came in pretty significantly over, and that's one of the things that... that you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that this agent did wrong, but the buyer was really serious about buying this house, and they were willing to pay more than what the the seller was was asking for. Mm. But what, one of the things that we do is before we list any home, we do our research and price the house accordingly to what the the numbers are showing. Yeah. And mm. one of the things that we make sure is that look. You know, if we get in a situation where this person is offering more, there's always a risk that the bank is going to say that this is not worth this much. And at that point, we can spend two to three weeks under contract and then lose it 
in mm. one moment, you know? Yep. So, like I told them, hey, in a perfect scenario, you know, let's just say, let's pretend we were in this already in a month, no bites, nothing. If you were to get this offer, what would you do? No, well, we would accept it. Of course, this is what you're asking for. It, you know, it came in full price and, and everything was really good. It was clean. Um, and we had to bring them into that that focus, you know, saying, hey, this is a safer option. This is better financing. Let's go ahead and accept this one. Because the other one was different financing. It was a higher risk. And we just couldn't afford that. That offer was more financially stable. Mm-hmm. Right. The one mm-hmm. that we accepted. Right. And yeah. that's one of the things that we want to touch is like in this market right now, you know, there's still that dream of becoming a homeowner here in Northwest Arkansas. When you go to California, you know, you, comp- you compare California prices to here. California, some, some people don't have that dream anymore because it's not a reality. You know, they don't make enough money to own a home. Yeah, here, it is. And so that's the thing. If anybody that's listening right now that's contemplating about buying a house, the only really true uh, advice that I can do is save up as much money as you can. Have an emergency fund. Don't use all your money in your savings account to buy a house. You know, be financially stable because right now the the people that are winning houses, the winning the ones that are winning the multiple offers, they're the ones that are the more financially stable per mm. people. You know, because they can afford not to ask for closing costs. They can afford to yeah. do this. They can afford to do that. So right. I know you said that right now. I guess it depends on people's situations whether it's a good time for them to buy a house or not. Um, are rates uh, technically low right now? Yeah. Yes. Are yeah, they? they're they're actually really low, and that's mm-hmm. a great example that I always tell people right now is I bought my house. I bought my house at the end of twenty. What is it? Eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, twenty seventeen, interest rates dropped. They were around the threes, three point fives. Um, slowly, they started ra- rising, and that's one of the things is uh, I told my wife Paloma. Uh, I'm like, okay. Shout out, Paloma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we're going to buy a house, let's buy it now. We bought a brand new house. We, we, we got a 4.75. And at the time, it was one of the highest interest rates because I felt like, uh, based on everything that I was seeing, interest rates were, keep, were, were, were reaching 5%. Yeah. And so I'm like, if we don't do it now, we're going to end up buying a house for 6%, 7%. At least that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And again, keep in mind, I'm doing this every day. Um, and then literally as soon as I bought and I closed in the property, like the next couple months, interest rates dropped back at three. Mm. And so that just goes to show that even though we are doing this every day, we can't, we can't guess what's going to happen tomorrow. And people, when they say, Hey, uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready to buy, or I'm not, I'm, I want to wait it out because the recession's about to hit. You know, the biggest thing that, that we can say right now, or the be- best advice is if you're buying a house for your family, you don't have to worry about if the recession is about to hit or not. If you're going to buy this, this is going to be a long-term investment. You know, yes, if the house prices goes goes down, that's fine because you're still living in there. Whether it be a recession, whether it be anything else, you're still going to either have to pay rent or pay your mortgage. Mm. And so that's the biggest thing that we try to get people to understand is if you're going to pay something, might as well pay something that you can afford and that's going to be fixed. You know, if the recession is over... You're still in the house. You're gonna gain all that equity back, and whenever you're ready to upgrade or sell, you're gonna you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Does COVID affect the interest rates? Did it affect the interest rates? Well, before we get to that, just to touch a little bit on, on what a daughter just mentioned, is that you have got to think about the fact that, for instance, <clears throat> whether rates go up, whether there's a recession or there isn't, whatever the case may be, 
people are, and this is one of the questions we are always asked, because especially right now because of COVID-19. It's like, why are you guys still trying to sell houses? Well, we're not trying to sell houses. The fact of the matter is, is that people still need somewhere to live. I don't know if you've paid attention, but there's a lot of apartment complexes going up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere they can, anywhere there's empty land, an apartment, apartment complex is going up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means that we've got, we have got an influx of people coming in from just about everywhere within, within the country and out of the country. Yeah. Because of all the, uh, the Fortune 500 companies that we have within Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that within itself, <clears throat> well, you know that, in fact, people are going to need somewhere to stay. Yeah. They're going to continue paying rent. So if you're going to have to pay rent, why not pay more, your own mortgage? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have to pay rent, mind you, regardless of whether a recession, whether interest rates go down, it doesn't matter. Rent is going to steadily go up year after year. Yeah. Versus the mortgage, your rent goes up like this, your mortgage stays like this for the most part, Mm -hmm. with the exception of taxes and insurance and so forth. Yeah. Right? But nonetheless, you are assured that, in fact, your insurance, uh, your rent is going up, Mm -hmm. mortgage stays like this. Yeah, I remember when I used to work at the at the bank, talking about like payments going up, mm-hmm. mortgage. Um, people sometimes would uh, not know much about their escrow, mm-hmm. and like their, you know, like they uh, their payment would go up out of right. a sudden. They'd, they'd call us, you know, and be like, you know what, like what, my what happened? Why is my payment supposed to stay exactly the same? <laughs> the same. the yeah, interest no. rate is this, yeah. you know, and there's just there's so many different factors. Right. There are, well, there are, but nonetheless, at the very least, if you think about it. When you're renting, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Yeah. When you're, when it's your own property, mm-hmm. when it's your home, you're paying yourself back. Yeah. And it, it, one of the things that we do tell our clients is, is it, in a, it, in a sense, is sort of a uh, savings account because you're paying yourself back eventually mm-hmm. over time. <clears throat> as long as you take care of your house, you know, because yes. the valley goes down if you don't take care of it, and right. it right. can be bad. Yep. And that's the thing. And kind of going back to your question with COVID nineteen. Uh, has it been, you know... It hasn't uh, stopped you all from, like, not stopped you all, but has it affected the, the way that nope. you sell houses? It, it hasn't really. I mean, the only thing that we're it has changed is the way that we work, you know? Obviously, we want to make sure that everybody stays safe and everybody is, is doing everything they can to make sure that they stop the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's been cases where... Uh, sellers are being a little bit more strict on how many people can go into the house. Mm. Uh, we have to wear a mask. We have to wear gloves. We have to take off our shoes. Take off our shoes and stuff like that. Um, but really, in reality, I mean, people are still doing things the same way. I mean, we're still meeting uh, with people that are interested in buying. Obviously, if they're sick, we tell them, "Hey, you know what? Let's just do it over the phone, or let's just do a virtual like Zoom meeting or something like that." Yeah. But we want to make sure that everybody does stay safe. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, people still have that need for a house. And so we're here to help in any way that, that we can. We, we, do, we do what is necessary. And I'll tell you that because uh, um, we had a client like, like in the midst of this whole COVID-19, um, I want to say about maybe like halfway into it, like when it first hit, somebody reached out. Um, to Eduardo and they were like hey uh, you know let's meet he was like you know what I just have a cough right now because of everything that's going on I don't mm-hmm. know if I actually want, you want to meet face to face let's just do this over the uh, over the internet you know yeah. Zoom meeting whatever and he got it done 
nonetheless, mm-hmm. but at least he was able to disclose right up, up front because of the fact that with everything that's going on, you know, you just don't know how people feel mm-hmm. about somebody coughing, somebody sneezing. Yeah. You know, people freak out. Right. And at the time, it was just, I mean, I'm not sure what I had, but it wasn't, it wasn't COVID-19, it, it, but... With us also. Hey, I was like, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody that, yeah. that I talked to during that time, right. it wasn't COVID-19. I was not, I'm not infected or anything. I was not infected. And so, so he says. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I said, you know, because that was really the pinnacle of the whole thing is when we started really yeah. going into quarantine. Andrew and I took two weeks off when this whole thing happened, you know, mm-hmm. because we wanted to see what was going on. After two weeks, we started seeing that, hey, you know, really much hasn't changed. People are still going out. <laughs> yeah. We went, we used to go out at four and it was like the same, it was the same routine. And, you know, with recent news, you know, we're, we're just targeted as a new hotspot. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the things is uh, moving forward. We want to make sure we're extra careful because we are aware of what's going on with the community. Um, and we also want the community to understand that, hey, you know, this this disease is gonna it's spreading like crazy and it's not something to joke around because you can be you can be uh you can be uh what is it uh you can have the virus and not know about it you know and that's the most dangerous part you know by the time you find out you already infected other people Mm -hmm. and and with us having children that's the biggest threat that we have you know uh you know to me at least personally yeah i can get sick but i'm not worried about myself i'm worried about my son i'm worried about my family more than more than anything Mm -hmm. and so we want to make sure that as long as we're all honest hey if you don't feel good don't worry you know but at the end of the day if everybody's still feeling good we can take all the all the precautions and and, and find find your next home. And if people want you all to be the realtors, where can they contact you? Um, so I think the best the best way is to call us or text us. Um, obviously, sometimes we're on the phone and we can't answer the phone. But my phone number is 479-236-4190. And you can reach me at 479-586-3462. And then you all have a Facebook too, right? Right. Yeah, and so right. if you guys have uh, Facebook, then you can look us up as Lighthouse Group uh, dash McMullen Realty Group. And we'll pull up. Um, and then also on Instagram, same thing. Lighthouse Group, McMullen Realty Group. And so we're here to serve. Sounds good. Well, thank you all for joining us for this episode. Any other final message you want to let the people know? No, I mean, that's pretty much, like I said, if you guys are interested, even though like you, if you feel like you're not financially there yet, the, the first step is that buyer consultation is creating that relationship, feeling comfortable with us so that we can help you whenever you are ready. I actually do have one. Go ahead, Angel. And that would be that if you're not, if you're not ready now, we can get you there. Right. And the reason being is because we have had clients that we have helped that have not been ready. It takes us a year, year and a half, and eventually we get them there. Especially if it's with credit, you know, if you feel like your credit's not there, um, like that was that case with, with the mm-hmm. client that we helped. We, we, we've had people not been ready and then a yep. year later they're ready. But as long as we have that initial contact, we know that goal to meet, you know, you don't know if you're going to get there if you don't have a goal. So the first step is meeting with us so that we know where you're at and where you need to be. You, need, you needed that starting point to right. be able to get to the finish line. If you don't know where your starting point is, you don't know where the finish line is at. Mm. You need that. Well, thank you both for joining us this week. And uh, there's the contact information in case you're interested in purchasing a house. This was episode 46 of the District 3 podcast. See you all in the next episode. Mm-hmm.